On this episode of Documental Radio, I'm speaking with Matthew Cress, a dietitian nutritionist focusing on ancestral diets and ketogenic diets and their therapeutic benefits. Matthew, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, completely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I figured we could talk about intermittent fasting on this episode. What do you think? I think intermittent fasting is an incredible tool for absolutely everyone to have in their little nutritional toolbox. In today's modern society, we are so obsessed with consumption. You know, we're eating from as soon as we wake up to having, you know, maybe a midnight snack or having, you know, a late dinner that sometimes we're always eating and it can be a great relief to our body to have a moment where the body isn't busy digesting something. And just like how my favorite, you know, kind of metaphor would be if you were to get into a car and drive nonstop, eventually your car is going to need repairs because it's doing a job consistently. And if you're always eating, your body's always digesting and it's doing a job consistently. It doesn't have time to do anything else. When you have a moment to stop eating, stop digesting, let your body take a rest, the body can start to do what is like, you know, clean up on the inside. So it will figuratively, you know, sweep the floors, you know, wash the windows and it will, you know, kind of pick up the place and it will work on, you know, some metabolic cleanup to make your body, you know, functioning a little better as, you know, it, as you may need to, because, you know, from this overconsumption, usually a lot of toxicity can build up from, you know, our modern foods, which are laden with pesticides and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And having uh, this fasting tool is a great way to get rid of those toxins makes a lot of sense. Um, in a practical perspective, how do you actually intermittent fast? I, I, maybe it might be simpler than I'm making out to be or, or not. I don't, I'm not sure. But how does actually someone go about doing this the right way? Yeah. So that's actually one of the hardest things to actually get someone to do their very first one. But once you start, it's like riding a bike. Once you start, it's actually super easy and you can do it automatically and it won't even be a second thought. Like you'll just do it. But having the courage to do it for the very first time is sometimes a little daunting. So usually what I end up doing is explaining to like my clients that are interested in doing intermittent fasting. um, When you are eating a low carbohydrate diet, your blood sugar levels are going to be a lot more stable. And that's going to be very helpful because if you're not on, you know, the sugar high and then on a crash, you know, you're not going to be hungry after having a sugar crash. If you have a stable blood sugar level from a low carbohydrate diet, you'll transition into intermittent fasting a lot easier. So usually some of my first, you know, uh, clues or tips and tricks would be to have a low carbohydrate diet for about two to three weeks. And then when you feel like you are full and you've eaten enough protein and fat and you've got, you know, a good amount of nutrition in your body, then you'll start thinking, you know what, I, I, I just woke up, I'm not hungry. And so then you start pushing breakfast back an hour or two hours. Are you, you know, automatically just say, you know what, I'm just going to wait it out. You know, I've got 
a few errands from this morning. You know, I'm, I'm a little pressed for time. I'm going to skip breakfast, uh, you know, go do some things in the, in the city, come back, and then, you know, then I'll have lunch. And that is usually one of the easiest transitions. Um, so it's either, you know, bite the bullet and do skip breakfast or, you know, uh, skip lunch or dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's a choice. You don't have, it's just skipping one meal, not all three. That would get into prolonged fasting. And that's not necessarily what we're starting with because that mm. would be for more experienced fasters. But someone starting intermittent fasting, uh, you can either bite the bullet and do the full skipped meal, or you can just push your meal back by an hour until you've skipped a meal entirely. So that instead of starting breakfast at, you know, you know, noon, you'd start, you know, nine. Then once it gets easier to, you know, eat breakfast at nine, then you push it back to 10, then you push it back to 11, and then you push it back to noon. And then all of a sudden you're skipping breakfast and it's, you know, super easy. I like the gradual transition because I think it's kind of daunting to think, oh, wow, I'm just not going to eat when I wake up for what, let's say three hours until lunchtime. It, yeah. It could be, it's kind of, you know, people just want to give up. <laughs> so I think yeah. I, I like your method of just kind of pushing it back slowly to make it a little more feasible. Mm-hmm. And usually I have some people, they surprise themselves. They're like, you know what? I was just going to, you know, push uh, breakfast back an hour. And I ended up pushing it back, you know, two and a half hours. And I'm like, you know what? That's great news. Good job. Mm-hmm. Like you, and then they're like, I didn't need to, I didn't need to eat breakfast. Like how long has it been that I have been just forcing food into my body just because, you know, it was, it was time to eat. Right. We're so attached to these meal times, And I think it gets difficult because it's hard to not look at the clock and say, I'm not hungry. It's, and it gives, you know, it gives you a lot of power to say, no, regardless of what time it is, I'm going to choose not to eat because I'm not hungry. And I'm going to wait for my body to say, Hey, I would like to have a meal. You made so many great points, Matthew. I I, I want (laughs) to, I know these are short (laughs) episodes, but uh, I have to consolidate here. One thing that I do notice, and you're an American as well. I know you're in France, but you know, I'm sure as you've grown up, you've noticed as well it seems like there's a conditioning from TV and this radio and, and internet of us just growing up, having to have some kind of breakfast, often, you know, very high carb or sugar. And, and this is kind of deeply ingrained into our psyche over time. And so the thought of not eating is just kind of strange, I guess, at first glance, but I think the benefits, as you're saying, you know, as you build up that, that ability to push off the meal and the, and the benefits that you get from intermittent fasting kind of push you to keep going, you know, and just kind of, decondition yourself from what we've been learning in our past. Yeah, totally. If you were to tell me when I was like maybe 12 that I would start intermittent fasting every so often, I'd have been like, you're crazy because I was the kid that would wake up, you know, I'd go to school, but like I would have breakfast, I'd have my mid-morning snack, I'd have Mm -hmm. lunch. I would, I remember because like, okay, so um, I was in competitive gymnastics and that is a really intense sport, you know, you know, it'll make you hungry. And I remember I would eat so much that I'd eventually get into the habit of preventative hunger eating. Mm. And I would just eat because I didn't want to be hungry later. And that would be like, I'm going to go to the store and, you know, get, you know, this or that. I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to be gone for an hour and a half. I would eat 
or I would bring like a granola bar or like a protein, it'd be a protein bar to be honest. I'd bring a protein bar with me just in case I would get hungry because God forbid, you know, I actually be hungry. Oh my God, that's so crazy. And, and actually common, I've heard some stuff like that before in the past. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah so I, from my understanding, there are different types of intermittent fasting. You know, there's this, what, 16, eight combo. And then I've heard some guys say OMAD, I think, which is one meal a day. Mm-hmm. Can you t- touch upon these different types and, and what you think may be the best for, I don't know, I, I don't know about everybody, but most people, let's say. Yeah, so it gets to be very case specific. Um, intermittent fasting works for absolutely everyone. And, you know, of course, there are going to be like weird exceptions here and there, but on a very general basis, intermittent fasting, where you just skip breakfast and you eat from, you know, you start eating at 12 p.m. noon, and then your last bite is at 8 p.m. And that gives you uh, an eight hour eating window. And then you have, you know, from 8 p.m., all the way till noon the next day, that's a total of 16 hours because you have to count the eight hours. So there's two hours, two or four hours after eating dinner. Um, So eight to midnight is four. And then go to bed, let's say you sleep for eight. So that's another eight hours. And then you uh, have another four hours and that would be, that would put you at lunch time for uh, noon. That's a total of 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And that is usually it's one of the easiest keys for people to use to start intermittent fasting. Okay. There are certain techniques that you can use to push it farther. Some people are like, oh, I can do this 16, eight fasting. Maybe I'm gonna try 17 or 18 hours of fasting. Maybe I'm going to try doing uh, you know, a full 24 hours. What's it like to go a full 24 hours without food? And it's the pure curiosity. Can I do it? Like, is this good? How am I gonna feel? And then you start looking up like tips and tricks as to like what can help you be successful and you know why you would choose to you know do such a thing. My first prolonged fast was uh, actually longer than I thought it was going to be. I ended up doing like 56 hours just because I was, oh. so, I was, I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I wonder how long I can go. And sure. like after a while, so like your first skipped meal, is going to be like super hard. It's going to be like, maybe it's going to be like one of the harder ones. This is going to be the harder ones to skip. And then the second meal you skip, it's going to be like, eh. And then the third one you skip, you're going to be like, oh, I totally skipped. You're not even going to notice. But then like after a while, your body's going to be like, you, you hit a certain kind of mental clarity that's really enlightening is my, mm-hmm. is my word. I like to use that word enlightening because you've taken control back and you're no longer a victim of eating all the time. And there's this enlightenment that just makes you feel this internal power. And it's really refreshing for you know, the modern day man that's used to falling, you know, victim to, you know, pressures from, you know, work, you know, I, I should be eating this, I should be eating that. And it's a way for him to like, or, you know, or whoever to take back control. And then after a while, when you're doing a prolonged fast, it's not even like a, uh, I'm hungry kind of thing. It's like, a, it's like an epiphany. It's like, oh, now it's time to eat. And it's like a different kind of hunger. It's like a physiological hunger that, you know, feeds 
more than just your body, but it, like it feeds like your mind and it's, it's, it helps give you like a, a better appreciation of what food is. And because we've been so exposed to food uh, on such a permanent basis, understanding what it's like to be without food, it gives you real appreciation for, you know, getting into the swing of, oh, this is what it's like to actually be hungry. And this is what it's like to find food again. That first meal back is going to be, it's gonna, it's gonna open up the sky. You're gonna be like, wow, this is great. I love this. Yeah. You're, never gonna, you're never gonna look at like, you know, a plate of food. You're never gonna take that for granted ever again. So, so if I may, the next section that you talked about was OMAD and uh, OMAD stands for one meal a day. And that means that you would have one meal throughout you know, a 24 hour period, whether that be lunch or dinner or somewhere in between. A lot of people like to choose around 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. depending on when they get off work or you know, what best suits their schedule. Um, I personally am not a very big fan of OMAD because I think it's very difficult to get the body's requirements in nutrition. And so that would be like the total amount of protein that you need per day and then a good amount of fat that your body needs, but also on a micronutrient level, the vitamins and minerals that you need on a day-to-day -day basis is already really hard to do because our food is already so poor in micronutrients. Mm. Starving the body of other micronutrients while you're fasting is kind of a big no-no in my opinion. Uh, some people swear by OMAD and they have great success with it. And I say more power to you. My opinion is if you're going to OMAD, I, very highly recommend that you look at the foods that you're going to eat and you find the vitamins and minerals that you'll be lacking and you mm -hmm. fill in those holes because those holes are going to become craters if you do OMAD successfully uh, in succession uh, you know, throughout the week. And that's usually what most people do is they, like, they don't do just OMAD once or twice a week. They like to incorporate on a day-to-day -day basis. But you know, once or twice a week can also be very successful. You know, from a historical perspective, we didn't have food available to us so easily. You know, we can go to the supermarket, it's prepackaged, you know, refined, and it's just like put in a way that's very easy for us to access. We just literally walk down the street. What it seems to me is intermittent fasting kind of going along many of your points, builds a lot of discipline, allows you to go against the tendency to constantly be eating, which allows, you know, a confidence boost. But also, let's say that you do the 16-8 combination. It frees your morning up to really focus on your most important tasks and not have to, you know, cook and digest, you know, yeah. breakfast. And, and going back to your other point, <clears throat> conserve energy, right? So if you're not digesting, I guess you could focus more on your task and at lunch, you could have a big meal. I, I don't know. Is, does that sound correct? Yeah. So um, uh, totally good points. When uh, personally, when I intermittent fast and from a lot of people that have experienced intermittent fasting, there's a certain kind of mental clarity that you get from it because when the body is not weighed down by digesting food, you're able to focus a little bit better. And it's kind of, it's related to multitasking. You know, your mom would always tell you, don't do two things at once because you're not gonna do both things to the best of your ability. And when your body is divided between digesting food and focusing on an important task that you need to do your best at, um, sometimes that digesting of food can, you know, kind of pull away from you doing your actual best. I know that I have had my pr most productive mornings when I've gotten out of bed and, you know, I've 
had, uh, I don't know, like a morning, like coffee or tea or whatever, which, you know, is allowed on an intermittent fast. And I've gotten to work on something. And then afterwards, when I'm done, I get up at, you know, noon and then I would eat and I would feel a lot better about my progress because I have been able to attack, you know, a task with a lot more mental clarity that probably would have taken me a lot longer, you know, if I had eaten, for example, you know, like oatmeal in the morning and then had uh, an energy dip because at, you know, 10 30 AM, I was like, nah, I could, I could have a snack and looking at my watch, like, nope, Matthew, you gotta hang on. You got another like hour and a half until lunchtime, you know, you sit your butt back down. You're not done. No, that doesn't happen because when you skip a meal, the blood sugar actually stays relatively stable and mm. it helps keep you level until lunchtime. And that's also mm. the same for, you know, if you're having a low carbohydrate breakfast, but having that mental clarity is really helpful for some people. You mentioned coffee. Is that a pretty popular, um, let's say, combination with the intermittent fasting in the mornings? I would assume like, you know, the energy from caffeine plus the lack of energy of digestion, probably pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. So like, this is actually like one of the more interesting aspects of intermittent fasting is that coffee is without cream and without sugar, obviously, because we're intermittent fasting, coffee all by itself, so completely black, has zero calories in it. The same goes for, uh, you know, all kinds, all kinds of tea and, you know, like lemon water, for example. Uh, you can also do, I know some people really like hot water and like a pinch of salt. Mm. I know it sounds, it sounds like hot seawater and it is, but <laughs> some people it's really good and i've tried it i've done it like a few times it's really actually like don't knock it till you try it. it's really right. pretty good the coffee i think is a habit because it's culturally ingrained you know like if you're not going to have breakfast what are you going to have well you know i can have coffee because some people want to have the fast but they also want to have the pleasure of consuming a coffee with their intermittent fast. And that is allowed. A coffee will not break your fast and it will amp up the autophagy or autophagy as some people like to say. And that's the uh, interior cleaning up process that we talked about earlier. However, I do have a few qualms with coffee and I do think it's important for everyone to know when you drink coffee, coffee is uh, a diuretic and it stimulates the colon. And so usually that when you drink coffee, it's going to say, okay, bathroom right afterwards. And when you go to the bathroom with the coffee, you're going to let go of a lot of electrolytes. And so some people are going to feel like they don't feel so good when they're fasting and they're going to give up. That's not what you want. You want to try to have, if you're going to have a coffee, I often recommend having like a small like saline solution. So that would be like salty water afterwards to help replenish the electrolytes that you lost while when you went to the bathroom. And that would be, you know, uh, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And supplementing with these three main electrolytes really, really help uh, for those that are trying to be successful on an intermittent fast. 
That's all great advice. Um, for listeners, I recommend that you listen to my interview with CK Eternity. We spoke about some of these things that we discussed just now with Matthew. He actually got me to quit caffeine. So I start my mornings with a San Pellegrino and some salt for the electrolytes uh, and a morning walk in the sun. And it's been just an incredible combo. It's just like natural energy. Yeah, it makes you feel good. It really does. It's a great way to start the day. So, um, you know, hopefully we have some practical tips for all the listeners out there. You guys can combine this episode with the one with CK Eternity and all the ones that come after, of course. So, Matthew, just to close the interview, do you want to give listeners an idea of where they can find you online and maybe any projects or anything you're working on? Yeah, so I'm still in the process of, you know, building my brand, for example, but um, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Cress Keto. So that'd be M-A-T-T. C-R-E-S-S, Keto, K-E-T-O. But you can also find me, I work with Mary Roddick. I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with her, but she is one of the leading uh, nutritionists, uh, you know, that's, you know, gaining in popularity today. And she is at enableyourhealing.com. And I am one of her lead dietitian nutritionists. Otherwise, you can just message me privately through Twitter or, uh, you know, through any other kind of medium. And, you know, we can, you know, see if I can help or, you know, if you're interested in, or if you have any questions on intermittent fasting, I'd be more than happy to help. I also take in clients and yeah. All right, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.